know, we talk about the end state that you experience the end state of the current human. Um, and I had yeah. once asked you, so will we see this end state in this lifetime? And you said, no, it may take a few thousand years before we end. We see that end state. Well, as state. a civilization, <laughs> I, some of us will. Some of us will see that end state. Well, there are people here that are in that, that fully potentiated state. They're here and they're working. You don't see them because they're not busy. They don't work in your corporation as a rule. They don't, uh, you're not usually married to them. They are very, very independent. Uh, quite often people who become fully potentiated, who reach their full potential, don't stay here. I've said that before. Why would you stay here in such a low level of consciousness when there are other places that are so magnificent and so beautiful and where you can use what you know and learn more, learn better, learn more better, <laughs> um, how to do things, um, you know, little things, things that I've wanted to do for the longest time. Um, I want to walk across the grass without squashing a single bug or bending a single blade of grass. I've seen that and I've read about it. And I just bought a book that I haven't even read. I can't think of the name of it now, um, in which somebody is talking about witnessing a woman walking across the grass and she's and the, the grass is not bent down. And I was like, oh, there it is. It's possible. I know. I've seen it. Here's somebody else talking about it. When I go across the grass, I feel like a, an elephant going across the yard. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to squish you. Um, it, that kind of, of response is you, you get to this point where you just don't want to destroy anything. And, and you don't need to because you have access to other kinds of of, I'll say manifestation, other forms of uh, nurturance are available. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. I can understand. I can relate to what you say because I think we all think about that. Many people think about that. And, but I think that you just don't know what to do with that. You know, it's kind of like, well, you say, hey, I'm coming, well, but, it, it become, but it, it's, it's not, <laughs> no, and you're a kid yeah. and you're trying to understand the world and you're like, so why do we need to eat things? Why do we need to destroy things? You know, maybe the grass doesn't want me yeah. to walk on it. So, and it's, it's, yeah. it becomes very, if you don't have answers, it becomes very um, confusing. Right. Anyways, for me, it was very confusing. So. And, and I think the thing is you have to be humble when you come here and you have to be willing to stay until your work is done. And just know that this is not the end. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, this is barely the beginning. And a lot of people are here right now because they know deep inside themselves that this is part of their work of how do you rescue a civilization? How do you make a leap in your own consciousness and enjoy that with other people share that with other people um people are here by the millions holding this consciousness of we know what's right we know what's true 
We know what, what the lies are. We know what the propaganda is. We know what the BS is. We see what's, you know, what a few people are trying to pull off. It's not going to happen. Can you describe humble? What do you mean by humble? Or humble enough? What do you mean by that? Um, when you come here, if you've been in other places where you have access to extraordinary um, power, extraordinary consciousness, um, extraordinary uh, civilizations where everybody in the civilization has a similar mindset and it's all about cooperation and it's about love and it's about beauty and it's about nurturing everyone and bringing out the best in everyone. And, um, and, and you have extraordinary technologies that um, are available for anything you need to do. And then you come here. Um, it's, it's, you know, I'm going to cry. And you come here, you have to be humble enough to say, I can keep my dignity without all that stuff, without all those supports. I, I can maintain myself um, and not try to be more than, you know, than anybody else. You don't need to show off. You don't need to tell people that this is a terrible place. I mean, I do that. And then I think I shouldn't have said that people will feel bad or people will be unsatisfied. Um, and so humility is kind of this acceptance of what is and keeping your grace and your dignity in that situation, in that setting, um, and still being able to love. Um, and, and holding this, especially when you come into a civilization like we are right now, where it's like, oh, my gosh, they're going to make a step. They're going to take a step. Um, and there's this excitement about that. And there's assumptions and there's expectations. I'm always telling people, now, don't be making any assumptions. And, you know, don't be having any expectations or you won't see what you need to see. You're only going to see what you expect. And you're not going to see what's happening over here. But um, when you come here to this place and you see how close the step is, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, the, and you want the assumption and you want the expectation and you want everything that you do and say to nurture that um, and to almost demand that I'm going to behave that, that this is so even if I don't quite see it yet, I'm going to act as if this is what's happening and what's unfolding. Um, and that's, um, it's a combination of absolute and utter humility in, in the face of potential failure, which means if it doesn't go, well, it doesn't go. If it doesn't, if we don't make that step and it, we fail to make that leap, then okay, we'll try again some other time. You don't blame anybody. You don't accuse people. Um, you, you just keep moving in the direction that you intend to go in. Because I've said so. That's the feeling. And it's a feeling that you, that you spread in the world. I don't know how to say it any differently. It's a feeling. Um, and people pick up on that in a hot second because they want that same feeling.
They want that same trust. They want that same knowing that this is where we're going. Um, they want that and they, they deserve that. So humility is this, it's, it's not getting beaten down. It's this complex of acceptance and intensity and honesty and truth about what's happening. So it's a very different definition than I think that most people would think because humility, I just looked it up and I was like, but that's not what most people think humility is. It's, it's I know. the quality of having a, mo a modest or a low view of one's person, of oneself, like to know that you can do more, but be, yeah. hum be humble about it and just, you know, so it's very twisted, obviously. It's a very... Um, well, very that's funny. common here. Uh, you know, when, when you're taught to have a low view of yourself, how are you going to evolve? The problem with the languaging in a three-dimensional world is huge. The languaging is in so many ways, especially once you get corporations and... Um, corruption and you know control systems in place all of that's designed to reinforce the fact or the belief or the idea that there is a fact out there that you don't have any power and you can't make anything happen that's not true that is not true and so all the definitions uh get redone they get redefined they're not they're not accurate and they're simple-minded that definition you just read is very simple-minded. It lacks the richness and the complexity of true humility. And that's a, a problem for a lot of definitions. Um, I, I'm going to say this, and I'll say this, uh, can I say this very delicately? When, uh, when, uh, when a, population is targeted for takeover the plan is usually at least a couple thousand years to make that complete so one of the first things you do when you get to that planet is start inserting what are called ancient texts ancient books ancient rules that are supposedly uh, that, that later, let me say it this way, that become part of the mythology of that place that are predictive and that predict the end goal for those people taking over. And a perfect example of that is the Armageddon. That whole thing is made up from the get-go. And people have swallowed that hook, line, and sinker, and Christians believe that. So you're, saying, believe that, that. So you're saying that the, the ancient, ancient, what we consider ancient texts, have been implanted, that they, they put them That's there. Exactly. Okay. That's right. With all of the concepts that lead people right into the squeeze gate, and somewhere down the line, they're like, but, the, but our... But our ancient teachers said this and, and that, and we got to make this happen. People, that's why I don't like the word psychic. Uh, people say, oh, are you a psychic? I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm a realist. Um, because what I learned early on 
is that when people came and talked to a psychic, they went home and tried to make happen what I saw happening. Instead of saying to themselves, oh, I didn't like that. And, and you could see their pattern. You could see right where they were going. And they would go home and try to finish the pattern. And eventually I stopped and I started saying to people, now look, I'm going to tell you where you're headed, but I expect you to do something about it. This is not a this, this is not something that you have to make happen. And people were like, but yeah, but you're seeing it. I'm like, yeah, I see it so that we can change it. I see it. I see where you're going. If you're going in a good place, keep going. If you're not, do something different. And so that that takeover effort starts very slyly. And there are these myths and stories implanted in the cultures um, everywhere along the line. And they limit the people. They, the they limit the thinking. And, and here's the thing. Here's the other thing. Um, the Bible is mostly the history of the Hebrews. It's an amazing history. And, and, and it's, you know, when we, they say it's the word of God, um, okay, we're the gods. We wrote the darn thing. Yeah, it's our experiences. It's our history. It's our the way we tried to make uh, life better for ourselves. But it's also the history of a huge transition in terms of cultures. And, um, and the, that transition was a transition from matriarchy to patriarchy. And the takeover people are almost always headed by patriarchs who are willing to fight and kill. And, and they do. They come in, they attack, um, they have weapons. Um, there's, it's, it's not good. Um, so here we are. A lot of the stuff that we think is ancient truth is, um, you know, it's not helpful. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it nicely at it's not helpful. So a few people also have written to ask you about the English language to say that the English language was created in this reality system yeah. as a control mechanism. Can you say a few words about that or what you've seen with that? Um. I would say that that is not at all the case, okay? What, what I see, what I learned in my perspective before I came here was that this is a language of great feeling. And it's a reorganizational language. But it's not a language of control. Only for those who learn how to control the language. And so you have to control and understand is probably a better way to say it and use language in such a way that you know what language is and that it's creating and you are deliberately creating. So when other people get control of the language and you don't have it, who's in control? They are. English is a language of feeling. And it is designed to bring us back to blunt force feeling and to experience that as the core essence of being 
and to begin to then refine that. It's, a, it's an amazing language. It's really the language uh, that we'll have for a while yet. Um, I don't think it survives, but um, that was the intent of it. What do you mean that was the intent for, for the English language not to survive? Uh, no, the intent was for it to survive, but I don't know that it does. It's, we've, we still have it for, I'm going to say, uh, maybe a couple hundred years. It will modify over time. But, but um, from a positive perspective, yeah, because we'll, we'll, you know, move through the chaos that is coming or because it'll just collapse. That, within the that's undetermined yet. We have not made those kinds of decisions. Nothing is set in stone. We're creating as we go along. How do we create? By the responses we make to the crap that other people does do. <laughs> um, to all the things that other people do, we craft a response or we have a feeling response. That is what shapes the reality. When nobody stands up and says, oh, wait a minute here, uh, let's talk about this for a minute, let's think about this for a minute, then you end up uh, in a situation where um, people just react and then somebody reacts to the reaction and then somebody else reacts to those reactions and the whole thing blows up. Um, we have to be careful not well we're in a rough period right now but the really rough period is about 200 years down the road so um maybe 2300 years down the road maybe we can maybe we can get past it all together but, the chaos uh, is, is man-made it's not catastrophe but you know it's man-made okay it's it the we're we come here to be able to cooperate enough to learn to move into the greater universe. We're not past the dangers of a group of people living on the surface of a planet. And we're not really, oh, we're not, we're ignorant about how things go, how things unfold on planets and between planets and between planets and suns and between solar systems and plasma belts and everything else that's going on out there. We are subject to all of that. And we're just, you know, marching forward 90 miles an hour, um, not looking where we're going, not looking at what's coming. So it's, uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, we're going to need help. We are definitely going to need help. And there are some beings who are willing to help. I know there's some beings that you said who have a real non-interference motto, so to speak, while other That's beings true. do want to help and assist. Right. Yeah. So we right. Yeah. yeah. I, I've dealt with both. Um, mostly with ones who have a policy of non-interference. And their attitude, frankly, was exactly what I wrote in volume two. Such a destructive civilization should be allowed to collapse. And, you know, my attitude was, hell too, 
We need your help more than ever now because we're starting so late. But better late than never. We have some serious things that we are going to have to face, not only in terms of our civilization, Western finance, government, ideas about governance, everything about healing, about education, about nature. Um, and that doesn't even begin to address what's going on uh, between us and the sun and us and other planets. We have to, we have to wake up here soon. <laughs> so, um, we have some challenges. The English language is spreading around the planet. Um, it may succeed in changing the entire planet. But man, do we have a long way to go. And, I, and you can't hardly say anything without frightening people. And people are, they're up to here with fear. They're like getting belligerent now. Um, and it's so it's like, okay, let's deal with one problem at a time. One thing at a time. Right now, what's in our face is that we have this corruption that has taken over our entire civilization in the West. Um, our entire planetary uh, grouping. We have a whole bunch of hybrids here now. Um, okay, we we need we need one another. <laughs> so, what are what Can do you I mean say by hybrids? Because people will ask, so what is a hybrid? What do you mean by that? 